the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. An interesting debate around an NHL Pride Night last night, and then the dangers of prayerlessness. You're listening to The Common Good. Happy Wednesday, friends. Welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. It's really good to have you with us today. Even though it is cold, it is dark, it is gray. Aubrey, we're going to take a positive spin. The lights are on. The heat is on. We're doing well oh, today. I thought, Brian, that was so positive because I was just I might not out. mean it, but I feel it. <laughs> I was looking outside of our studio going, it has been gray. I feel like it has been gray for 10 years. Yes. It's so outside, but you're right. Nope, we're we going to take a positive the, stance we today. We have the heater on. The lights are on. It's almost dinner time. Yes. Lots of things to look forward to on this Wednesday Very afternoon. positive things. So we are glad that you're joining us today. Yes. Uh, if you've missed any of our shows this week or you can't stay uh, for later in the week or, or today, go get the podcast. Wherever it is, get your podcast. What really helps us is if you subscribe, if you rate, if you review. Give it as a gift to a friend. Tell somebody about it. You could also find us online. Give it as a gift to a friend. Wouldn't you be happy about that? Yes, yeah. I would. I love that. 1160hope.com. And then we put up a lot of stuff on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, our new producer, Laura, is doing a great job with those. So we'd encourage you to follow us there at Common Good Talk. All right, let's start with some sports. But it's not really sports. Okay. So we're going to talk hockey. Do you like hockey? I actually do like hockey, believe it or not. Like, if I could pick a sport to be my sport, it okay. would be hockey. You're allowed to pick a sport that is your sport. Okay, no one's stopping you from uh, that. Then I shall pick hockey. <laughs> Why do you I like hockey? hockey. Um, because it moves fast. And okay. I sometimes some games are slow and boring. Hockey's fast and people fight and there's aggression. Ooh, and aggressive, it's, Aubrey. Whoa. And it's fun. It's fun. Hockey games are fun. There's a lot of things that happen. It's a little chilly, though. <laughs> As, it's the one downside. Since ice, since ice is a major I'm portion. I've myself of, now that do I want baseball? You get the super slow game. Is it chilly? But it's warm out. Uh, so I did take my family to a hockey game on New Year's Day at the United Center. Oh, that's fun. It was really fun. It was a good time. We sat in the cheap seats really up high. Nice. Uh, but something happened at an NHL game last night that I do want to discuss. Because, Aubrey, I do think this is a uh, is a much bigger story culturally, and I think it, it starts to run into the church. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers have a player by the name of Ivan Provorov. Of course they do. Uh, and he is being labeled as homophobic mm. because here's what happened. The Philadelphia Flyers were running a pride night last night. Yeah. That happens for a lot of sports teams these days. Yep. They did pride night. And so what happened was for warm-ups, they went out, you know, hockey sticks, they got the white tape on it, and they all went out with rainbow-colored okay, tape. Sure. And all the festivities, all the decorating, everything was was towards Pride Night. A lot of rainbow, a lot of this and that. Uh, he said he was uncomfortable with it. I want yeah. you to hear his explanation afterwards as reporters were really pushing him about what he did. 
everybody and I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Any, uh, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on that. Um, if you have any hockey questions, I would like, I would answer those. Just, um, can you just kind of fly with religion? Hmm? Can you just kind of fly your religion? Russian Orthodox. So with the game tonight, Ivan, um, obviously Kevin Hayes had a hat trick and uh, Rasmus's first goal of the season. Can you walk us through the emotion that the team was feeling in that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, so he says, yeah. I'm Russian Orthodox. Yeah. And so really what happened was Twitter went crazy and people went crazy calling him homophobic and this and that. Mm. So he said, I respect everyone. Yeah. But because I'm Russian Orthodox, yeah. I didn't feel comfortable with what was going on. And so Aubrey, all he did was, well, not all he did. This is a big deal for some people. He didn't go out for the warmups. Yeah. He still played the game. Yep. And now there, here's a couple. Let me just let you in on the reaction. He had to answer all these questions over and over and over again. Ooh, brutal. Twitter and other things went crazy, sure. calling him homophobic, homophobic yeah. him, he shouldn't. And then people are calling the Flyers out for letting him play. I'm afraid this guy's about to lose his job. Well, no, he's a good player. So okay. uh, the Flyers are taking a lot of backlash for letting him even play. Yeah. Okay, if you don't believe in Pride Night, then you shouldn't have played in the game. Mm. He's on the team. He's yeah. a player. So really all he ended up doing was not participating in, the in warm-ups. warm-ups. Uh, but people are going crazy. So let me just ask you just to this situation. But then I want to expand it because okay. I do think this is illustrative to a lot of what mm, us in the church might face yeah. going forward. But just this one in particular. Uh, what do you think? What stands out to you? Man, I I hate. I mean, I even hate that we have to have this conversation. And I don't want to. Maybe I do want to just bury my head in the sand and pretend like we don't have to have this conversation because I just think everybody on, let's say, their sides, on both sides, are hurt here. Like, unfortunately, um, he's going to get backlash. And I know you said he's a good player, but if the Flyers get in a flack, they may let him go mm. uh, simply because he is trying to honor his faith to the best of his ability while still saying, I respect everybody and everybody's choices the the hard part is his choices don't get respected. Mm. And it's like both parties then just hurt each other rather than trying to go, okay, look, we agree to disagree. We're going to respect each other. This is the choice he made. Here's a choice we're going to made. But I, I think it is, I think it's such a shame that it, it these kinds of conversations just end up dehumanizing everybody yeah. involved. And for him to make um to honor his own religion is valid and should be respected. Doesn't have to be agreed with. Right. And I think what's wild is to your point, he didn't make a stand. He yeah. said, listen, I'm not going to go out for warmups when, you know, we're doing, I'm just not comfortable. Yeah. He didn't make a stand. He didn't call the press over to him and go, let me tell you right. why I did this. Right. In fact, you heard it in that clip. He was super uncomfortable. Yeah. He's like, I just want to talk about hockey. Yeah. I respect everybody, but this right. was my own choice. And they wouldn't let it go. Mm. So let's spin this, Aubrey. I do think as the church, uh, as Christ followers, you know, who might have a more orthodox view of sexuality yeah. or of marriage. Yeah. This is going to become a not even become. This is increasingly a dividing line that I think Christians need to go. What am I going to do? How do we go to, how do we answer questions? How do we talk to our kids? Like there's pride week at all the schools Absolutely. my kids go to. Yeah. And 
you know, what, how do we process that? What do we do as the church? Do we fight, fight, fight back? Or do we kind of just go, this is the, what, like, this is the, not the cross we have to bear. That's way too overstating, but this is just something, this is the way it's going to be. Do you have any thoughts on that? What do we, what's the response, the Jesus honoring response of the church as this increasingly becomes the hurling of uh, homophobic or whatever else? I, I, People are going to disagree with me, and that's fine. I definitely don't think the response is fight, 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 fight. I don't think you can have any tor- any type of conversation outside of relationship. And mm. that's not an answer. That doesn't give us a, like, play-by-play, step one, two, three. But if the church is not in relationship with people in the LGBTQ plus community, we can't speak to this with love. And I am not saying you have to bend or um, flex what you think God says about sexuality, but mm. I just don't think the conversation can happen outside of relationship and friendship. Yeah. I, I I just don't, but I, I do believe that the conversation has to go both ways. So I would love, I mean, this is Pollyannish of me, but I would love to see, you know, members of the LGBTQ community be willing to embrace Christians. I would love to see Christians be willing to embrace LGBTQ, even when they disagree. Now there are a lot, there's a lot of crossover there, people who agree. So I I know I'm speaking categorically, but let's say Christians who are not open and affirming and those who are LGBTQ, can there be some type of relational bridges that happen? I, I don't know, but in my mind, I don't think we, you can do any. There's no solution. There's no movement without relationships. I think the answer to your question is no, because I'm not sure culturally, at least kind of— on more the grand scale, right? The media or this, that there's allowance for disagreement. There's not. There's and that's not. what makes this difficult. Yeah. Like again, this hockey player, I think is illustrative. He, again, he just said, this is the choice I'm making, but then I'm going to play the game. We're yeah. good. We're, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not anti anything. I'm this, uh, he, and, and he is raked over the coals. I think the ability, I'm totally with you that I wish there was an ability to go, listen, we just see this differently, mm-hmm. and I can I respect everybody, but I'm uncomfortable with the celebration. Uh, that's it's a lot of people in their school systems right now are going. I'm going to pull my kid out yeah. because I'm I'm uncomfortable with the celebration of things. Right, right. Um, but man, I do think at the very least we need to understand this. I think is one of the main f- um, fracturings between traditional Christianity and our culture that's going well, to I- grow, and that's. I, I think the church has to say, how do we stand for what we believe mm-hmm. while while um, displaying the love and the grace of Jesus and living the way he lived? Yeah, and I think what's what's becoming even more difficult than that in my mind, because culture and Christianity are going to clash mm-hmm. at some points. I don't think any of us should be surprised by that. People who aren't following Jesus are not going to, you know, what looks f- wise to the world looks foolish to Christians and vice versa. Like, I, you know, that shouldn't surprise us. What's growing increasingly difficult, I find for me, relationally, pastorally, and I don't have a, the right answer, is Christians who are now frustrated at the church, our mm-hmm. church in particular, let's say, or your church in particular, mm-hmm. or friends' churches in particular, hey, why aren't you open and affirming? Mm-hmm. And those are faithful followers of Jesus who they have changed in their conviction around um marriage Mm -hmm. and sexual ethic and expect the church to do so as well. That's where I'm, that's where I don't know the right answer. That feels hard except to be like, 
hey, we just disagree on what the Bible says and what God's heart is, but we don't we don't disagree on like love and affection. That's right. But that's right. you know, that's easier said than done. And I wanted to start there because I just believe this issue is going to intensify, 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 and it's gonna be a real litmus test for the church. What does it mean to love my neighbor? What does it mean to be, you know, the light of the world or whatever else it might be? So fascinating story. Uh, out of the NHL last night. Aubrey, we haven't said it in a while. It's Wednesday. It's, it's Wednesday. Home day. Oh, yeah, it's home day. It's been a while, the camel, the while. commercial. Come you, on. I mean, I feel like one of the greatest, your greatest claim to fame is you taught me that phrase, home day. That's one of my greatest claim to fame. I have three children. I have a marriage yep. that's going to be 23 it's years one, this week. It's that one, and that you were the lonely kid at CU at the pole. <laughs> Growing up, poor Brian at CU at the pole as a kid I'll is go my with favorite that. story. <laughs> Sitting there by myself, just staring away from the buses. <laughs> Hoping your friends don't see you. I've, I have this dream someday to start. I don't know. It's probably a podcast or a book or a video series called uh, You Know You Grew Up uh, Christian If. And one of them is, has to do with see you at the poll. <laughs> I think uh, that is right. But uh, we're glad that you're with us today. Aubrey, I want to talk. A lot of people in the new year are probably thinking to themselves, one thing I would like to do better is pray. I want to be a prayerful person. That's that's the New Year's resolution. Um, over at Desiring God, uh, Bobby Scott, he's a pastor. And, and I found this headline to be really interesting, and I would love your opinion on it. He said prayerlessness, so lack of prayer. And, and it's not just lack of prayer, but it's a lack of really a need of prayer. Like, I'm just not going to pray. I'm not yeah. even going to feel guilty about it. I'm just yeah. not going to pray. He said prayerlessness comes before a fall. Mm. Basically, if you look at your life and you recognize not only do I never pray, wow. but I don't ever feel a need to pray. Wow. I don't feel guilty over not praying. I don't. Huh. There's just a, a, a general sense of prayerlessness. Hmm. He's saying huge red flag, a fall is coming. Interesting. What do you think about that? I've never really linked the two. So what do you think I've about that? I've never really linked about that. I gotta say it's kind of convicting. I really think so. Um, partly because my prayer, and I don't know, I'd be curious what he means about prayer. Not that, I mean, I think I agree <laughs> with him. I don't. Wanna, but I, for me, I sort of pray as I go throughout the mm-hmm, day. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I sometimes have dedicated prayer time. Like we have a prayer team at church that gathers and prays and Sometimes throughout my day, but often it's more that I'm just kind of talking to God as I go, you know? Yes, yes. And so... Which feels biblical. Pray without ceasing. Yeah, 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 I hope so. But now that I'm reading this, I'm like, I wonder if I'm not taking seriously enough kind of a call to like, you know, serious times of intercession and really praying with conviction. And that's, I guess, what I mean. Like, yeah, what, I is hear you. He, what does he mean well, I think by he, prayer? But I think he's on to something. As I look ahead in this article, he does something really interesting. And again, that's so why I love reading these things because you're like, oh, that preaches or I want to go with that. He goes through the Bible and says, let's look at some of the strongest um, people of God, David, Solomon, Samson, people who fell, right? People yeah. who. Yeah. And he says, oftentimes, he said, the strongest men in the Bible and the greatest and wisest kings scandalously fell because of their pride. Mm. And he said, pride, uh, prayerlessness is a uh, is a offshoot of pride, and that, that we're called to sense. pray, Lord, yeah. uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from mm. evil. It's this idea that I need God's help. 
to be delivered from evil, to not yeah. fall to temptation. Yeah. But when we have this pride that says, I'm good. I don't mm. need the Holy Spirit. I'm good. I'm not going to fall or whatever. I don't even care if I fall. Whatever it is, yeah. this lack of prayerlessness, he links to pride. And we all know the saying, pride cometh pride before comes the fall. before the fall. It's interesting. Another one of the things that he talks about in this article is um, some of the ways that scripture, along with what you said, uh, chronicles the schemes of Satan mm. so that we'll be, a prayer, uh, we'll be aware of his temptation. So these would be things he would be calling us to pray against. He says, Satan tempts us to lie to the Holy Spirit, to engage in sexual sin, mm. to give up on our ministry goals, to be prideful in ministry, to turn from God and curse him in our suffering to let wolves infiltrate our church leadership and to believe and teach false gospels that damn souls. Mm. I mean, that's no joke when yep. you think about that and that a life of prayer won't necessarily help you not be tempted, but sure. will certainly help you be aware of, oh, wait, that's the enemy coming after yep. me right now. Yeah, and uh, I think we've taught you on this show before. If you don't have the time or the or the focus to read an entire article, read the last paragraph or two. Because yeah. that's where they're going to – that's going to be the mic drop time. Right. <laughs> right. So let me read the last two paragraphs, okay. and then we'll discuss it. Okay. God hears our cries for help. He answers our humble acknowledgments that we need him to win our battles, and he answers by giving us Jesus. He is our defense. Mm. So – before you turn to your own strength and resources, mm. before you give up your fight, and before you yield to the weight of temptation and sin, pray. Mm. Pray more fervently. Pray more accurately. Pray with more faith. But by all means, pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, and trust that our God will answer you with favor. Dang. I, like I said, the mic drop at that the end, right? That is a mic drop. I think he's really making a compelling case here. That if out of my pride, I go, ah, prayer, take it or leave it, or yeah. I'll just kind of mouth some words that don't matter or yeah. whatever else it might be. I'm really beginning to live out of my pride that says, mm -hmm. I'm good, I'm strong enough, I'm righteous enough, whatever mm -hmm. else, and pride cometh before the fall. Mm -hmm. I really think he's onto something that if you see a lack of prayer in your life, red flag, you need to look inward and kind of start to make some changes. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to think about because there are certainly seasons in my life when I mm -hmm. have prayed more and prayed less. And there are seasons in my life, I'll be honest, right now I'm in one of them. I'm struggling to pray. Like, mm. I'm like, all right, Lord, I'm trying here. But things have been rough the past few weeks yeah. and I'm doing my best to show up and ask you to be here with me. But even that, I think, is prayer. And God, you know, I always think about um, in the book of Jonah, God calls you know, the prophet Jonah to go tell the Ninevites to repent. And there are people who aren't like, they barely know God. Mm -hmm. They barely do anything right. They repent in the moment, but it's not this perfect. Like they're not suddenly following this like covenant right. obedient life. Mm -hmm. And yet God honors that. And I think what we can remember is that God honors any small turn towards him, whether it's praying with fervency or praying with power Maybe it's maybe your prayer is sort of like a pathetic, like, God, I'm really hurting right now and I need you. I think God honors that and mm -hmm. God will show up in that. I do believe it's when your heart is so hard that you're like, forget it. I yes. don't need you. That's that's when you really need to, I think, go you even to say to God, God, my heart is so hard right now. I don't think I need you. Can you help me? I think you make a great point. What do we do when we recognize prayerlessness in our lives? What's the move? And I think the move is 
so many of us think we, I don't know where we get this, but we have to be the perfect prayers mm. with lots of these and thous yeah. and perfectly. Yeah. Nope. Just go, God, I don't feel a need to pray. I don't know how to pray. I don't like praying, yeah. but I know I need you mm-hmm. and I need you or I'm going to fall. Uh, make me, uh, help me become a better prayer. Like, yeah. I think that's a way to start that conversation. Yeah. Uh, I, I think God, like you said, honors any small turn towards him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, prayerlessness as at, at least a yellow flag, if not a red flag, very. I think is very convicting, I agree. but really true. I agree. And Aubrey, we want people to listen to our show. We do! Not because, well, partially because it makes us feel good. Like, I enjoy talking to <laughs> it's you. It's about our ego. But probably not all, the, the, all of this time. I would yeah, like to yeah, think yeah. people are listening, but what... Help people remember or be mm. reminded of what is what are we trying to accomplish with this show? Why do we feel like it's important? Yeah, in fact, I, the, a little bit of what we're trying to accomplish is in the name, the common good. Like where we are so divided as a culture, there's so much, I, I like to use Vs, venom, vitriol, villainizing of the other. And by the other, someone who thinks differently for, than you, believes differently than you, holds different you know, points of view than you. Where can we find the things that we have in common? Or even in our differences, where can we honor the Imago Dei and one another? Where can we find nuance? And where can, you know, a lot of times Brian and I are talking about things we don't know the answer to. Like we just talked about this debate around the NHL Pride Night. We don't know the answer, but we are doing our best to serve Jesus and stay faithful and love our neighbor in the middle of some really hard topics. And so sometimes we're just wrestling things out. And that's part of why we love the common good, because it's a place to just kind of come and process things. Yeah. So that we would love for you to continue being a part of it. Tell your friends about it. Go get the podcast and subscribe, rate, review, and uh, be sure to listen from four to six. And we also like to have laughs. We do like to laugh quite a bit. Again, this is why we need a camera in here, because sometimes between between segments while the commercials are on, that's some of the funniest stuff. You were just showing me pictures of yourself as a child. I was showing you with my mullet. I had yeah. an amazing mullet. You... Mm-hmm. And a beautiful picture of me. I think it was my senior photo where I'm like looking off into the distance and the light is shining on me like I'm an angel. Like an angel. Yep. I, this all started with a conversation of me telling you that there are baby pictures of me <laughs> stuffed into a sailor's <laughs> Which outfit. Which I said, where just, are, I need to see those. We need those. Just baby <laughs> like rolls coming out. <laughs> when my kids laugh at me, I'm like, Genetics are a tough one. <laughs> yeah, be careful. The genetics be careful. are a tough one. Yeah, I'd like to see Brian, baby Brian from with fat rolls in a sailor suit. This sounds it, fantastic. That picture exists. I'm going to need to try to find that because that picture really does exist. But hey, you had a mullet. The, I had a mullet. I can't really, I have no high ground to stand on because I definitely had a mullet. You yeah. should go back to the mullet. You think so? I do. It is popular. Some people have it. I think I could pull it off. Sure. I'm coming in, I'm coming into the studio with a mullet. Let me know, what your, let me know what your husband thinks about <laughs> <laughs> go home tonight and go, Kevin, I'm going mullet from I, now on. And you'll go, oh, Brian, like, okay. no, could we choose something else? Okay. Uh, let's go back to this a little bit more sports. You know who Deion Sanders is, right? Yeah, Deion Sanders, man. Prime time. He's famous. Yeah, and now he is a coach, and he's well sought after uh, in college football. He is now at the University of Colorado. Can I be honest? Yes. It surprised me to learn that he was a coach and it, at a college level. Yeah. I don't know why I think I expected if Deion Sanders is the coach, he's NFL all the way. So I or think he that, owns that, a team or something like that. Well, he doesn't have that kind of money, but I think okay. that he could be on a pathway towards the NFL someday. But uh, right now, okay. he just did two years at an HBCU, a historically black college. Um, oh, nice. At Jackson State. 
Okay. And did was super successful. Awesome. Right? Deion Sanders is going to be able to recruit. And so a gotcha. Power 5 conference now team like Colorado brought him in. Okay. And now we're going to see how he does. But he is – if Deion Sanders is nothing, it's uh, it's self-assured. So <laughs> He's a confident man. You see him in interviews right now, and uh, he is he is very confident that he can turn this program. Colorado has been terrible, so he's very confident that he can turn this around. It will be one of the fascinating stories of the next year or two in college football. Deion Sanders is also a uh, a Christian. Yes, he is a Christian, and so I want to play something that he did in a team meeting yesterday that drew the ire of a particular sports. Um, Twitter account, a, a, a reporter's Twitter account, who is, uh, we've talked to this guy about this guy before, Jeff Perlman, who's an atheist, very outspoken atheist. Okay. okay. So I want you, you have, might have to turn up a little bit. I want you to hear what Deion Sanders says, and then I'll explain it a little bit more. Okay. And then I want to get your feeling on what Jeff Perlman said. Here, listen to Deion Sanders. Uh, sure. Uh, James, size of well, we thank you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity as a group. Father, we thank you for the movement that God has put us in place to be in charge of. We thank you for each player here, each coach, each family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So he prays. Yeah, in Jesus' name he prays. He prays yeah. at this, um, at the beginning of their team meeting. And I think a lot of us, you hear that you're kind of used to this. You're like, amen. Right. Go for it, right. Dion. Like, preach right. the gospel. There you go. Well, let me read to you what Jeff Perlman said. Jeff Perlman, again, he's a New York Times bestselling author. I like reading his books. They're often um, sports biographies okay. or stuff. But he also has been for uh, Sports Illustrated, and he's okay. written it. He writes all over the place. He's also, he talks about how he just doesn't have a faith. Like, he wishes yeah. he could, like, that kind of thing. Yeah. He wrote to this uh, video, he wrote, nothing to see here, just Deion San- Sanders, head coach at the public Colorado University, having his players bow their heads in a prayer to Jesus. Of course, the AD, Rick George, and company will meekly go along. They got in bed with this huckster. There's no easy escape. Whoa. So, uh, you know, he gave in. He kind of let off some of his feelings about Deion Sanders right there. But the bigger question, Aubrey, is his point of this is yeah. inappropriate. For a public university. For a football coach at a public university in which the players, mm. some might be Christian, some not to lead them in prayer. That puts them in awkward spot. And this is the definition of the uh, separation of church and state. A lot of the replies were like, calm down. Sure. A lot of the replies were like, this happens everywhere. Yeah. A lot of the replies were, uh, you know, kind of snarky. Yeah. To Perlman. Okay. I'm a pastor. Tell me what you think, pastor. I think Jeff Perlman's right. I actually so think he's right. unpack that for me because that was kind of my first instinct, but I want to hear what you mean. Here's why I think Jeff Perlman's right. There is something about separation of church and state, a public university here. Yeah. But beyond that, Jeff Perlman's point was this. What if Deion Sanders was a Muslim? Right. People would lose their minds. What if Deion Sanders was an atheist and got up and said, we're going to talk about why there is no God right. at the beginning of our football meeting? Right. What if? De- so we have to be really careful in these situations not to just get excited because he's on our side. Yeah. He's part of our team. Don't get me wrong. When he started praying, I'm like, preach Amen. it, brother. Yeah. And I think he should have every ability within his office. Somebody comes to his yeah. office to say, hey, here's what I think. I just know, let's take the public schools, right? Public high school. Mm -hmm. 
I wish that my kids, you know, in the public school could be pointed to Jesus, but I'm willing to give up that opportunity if in order to protect them from being pointed to other things. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a really interesting, it's an interesting conversation and something to think about, because I do think Perlman's right. If if Deion Sanders had said, let's bow our heads and pray to Allah, let's let's and let me lead you in that prayer or, let, or like he also said, let's I'm going to do a diatribe and how there is no God and you should also be an atheist. So we're going to pray to nothing, a yep. tree, you know, or Satan. I'm a Satanist. I'm a Satanist. Gonna do this. Let's yep. pray to, people would lose their minds. Well, if I had a kid in there, if my kid yeah. was in that team, I would lose my mind. Yeah. So I it's it's not. You know, I I think a lot of us as Christians want to be like, this is persecution, this is... But I actually don't think he's wrong, again, because it is a public university. Now, the other part of me goes, look, it's Deion Sanders. You knew you're hiring a Christian. You know he's going to preach. You know he's going to pray. And football and Christianity, college football Christianity, whether it be Dabo Sweeney or the SEC, are very tied together. But I can't read that tweet and go, oh, my gosh, calm down. You're so wrong, which a lot of people did say to him. Mm Simply, uh, I'm so torn because I love what Deion Sanders prayed. I do too. And I love that he is leading his team in this way. Mm-hmm. I love his. So none of this is me going, wow, what he said is right. No, like this is, I, I would want someone to pray like this in the front of my church. Absolutely. I want, uh, you know, my son plays football at a private Christian school. I want them praying like this and they are praying like this. But the fact that it's a public institution I, it is Do you uncomfortable. remember that we covered a story in the summer? There was a high school coach uh, out, I think, in Washington, Joseph Kennedy, and there was a lot of debate about his post-game prayers, and the Supreme Court ruled that they were protected by First Amendment free speech, and that was a public yeah. school. So is this the same situation? It could be. I'm not, you know, as we like to say, I'm a few credits shy of my law degree. Yeah. But that cuts both ways. That's all I'm saying here for people is then you've got to be for the free speech of the atheist coach, the Muslim coach. And And I would rather my kids in a public institution get none of it and allow the church and allow me and my wife and allow others to lead them and teach them about Jesus than I would be the other way. I'm guessing a lot of you out there disagree with us on this. Uh, but I would rather the protection from things that I don't believe in. And I would I would be able to I would give this up so that I can rage about things that they're being taught about sexuality yeah, right now. Yeah. And about other things yeah. that, that just are not a part of the school. Right. Uh, right. Whether it be a high school, a junior high, in this case, a college. Uh, I know there's differences with college and he's the coach. It's just so weird. I just love what he said. You know, I think this is a great time for us to hear from our listeners. If you're a parent, how would you feel if your kid's coach did this? Or if you're a grandparent, how would you feel if your kid's coach did this? Give us a call. Our number is 312-660-2594. 312-660-2594. Parents, grandparents, let us know. Well, how you would feel if your kid's coach did the same thing. Yeah, we'd love to hear back from you. This is uh, an interesting topic. We asked for anyone, some people, to try to help us flesh Navigate this out. This. There you go. So we're excited to welcome uh, uh, William from Tinley Park. William, William, how are you? Let us know what you think. I'm doing good. Happy New Year to you. You too. Too. Thank, you. too. Thank you. Um, I was telling the lady, if Deion Sanders or any Christian coach were to pray, over my grandson, who's nine, 
I'd be encouraged. I wish I could be able to pray with him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, now on the other end, if the coach were uh, a Muslim and wanted to pray in Olive Lane, I wouldn't cuss nobody out. Mm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go. <clears throat> I would just not hold my head down in reverence. Mm. I'm not gonna disrespect them, but I'm not gonna dis- disrespect my God either by holding my head down like I'm referencing Allah. I'm yeah. not gonna do that. So that's interesting. So you, that's a good maybe attitude in a way really to handle. Is. So you, you let the you know the coach or whoever pray to whoever he's praying to, but you're not necessarily participating in the prayer. But you're not gonna make a whole big scene about it. Oh no! Oh no! Because we have to. We can agree to disagree, yeah, but I don't. Yeah. You know, I I don't want. Uh, we're there for the kids. That's mm-hmm. right. So that's 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 where I feel. Great, thank you so much, William. We love having listeners call. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Okay, you all be safe going home. You too. Have a great day. Bye bye. I think William said that better that than was we did. so wise. Thank you, William. We, we need more William in our life. I, I think he said that better than we did I right agree. there. Just uh, yeah, Go, even going. I understand that it has to cut both ways. Uh, I understand I had to cut both ways, but, you know, you can be respectful in it as well. All right. If anyone else wants to let us know what you think about that story, you also can call us uh, at 312-660-2594. That's 312-660-2594. All right, Aubrey, Target. You love Target, right? I love Target. I can't deny it. You really do. You do. So Target has jacked up their... Uh, minimum wage. I know. All the I'm way about up to, to go get a job at Target. I'm really going to be should. honest. $24 an hour in some places. My, now, there's I'm a range. I know. Get a job there. There's a range based on what you do and where you live, particularly. Uh, but even as li- the lowest is going to be $15 an hour, but most, a lot of places as high as $24 an hour minimum wage. And anyone who works as little as 24 hours per week will get health insurance. No so way. I read this on Twitter and the person who put this on here said this target will prove two things with this. Okay. First, the labor problem isn't that people are lazy. It's that they aren't paid enough. You can argue that fair, unfair, Sure. but here's the interesting one to me. He said, number two, more people will shop at a store that treats their employees. Right. Hmm. So let me ask you a question. Okay. Is that person uh, named Kirk, uh, Kurt Eichenwald, is he right about that? And let me paint a scenario for you. Fair or unfair, the raise in minimum wage will likely raise some, if not all, of the products at Target. Yeah. Would you be willing to pay higher prices at a place like Target because you know they're paying their employees more, or... Like most of us, would you cheer them paying their employees more, but likely go find your stuff for cheaper? I know this is so hard because I want to be the type of person who says, yes, I will stand behind a you know company like Target, no matter what their prices mm-hmm. are, because they're treating their employees well. If it starts to impact my pocketbook and my family budget a little too much, I'm probably not going to Target yep. anymore, which is going to break my heart because I love Target. That said... The alternative is that, you know, I've got some friends who won't shop at certain places, Walmart, for Mm -hmm, example, because mm -hmm. in the past they have not treated or paid their employees very well at all. And so I do think the reverse might be truer than the the scenario you brought to the table. So what's interesting when I'm reading these replies, this is one of the benefits of Twitter. You can learn to say, apparently working at Target's great. I mean, it sounds amazing. Beyond this money, apparently they're known to treat their employees really well. Mm-hmm. They have a low 
um, turnover rate because of that versus places like Walmart and other places. Yeah. I also understand that some of you are going, well, you're missing the point. They could raise this and lower others. I understand yeah, that. Yeah, they don't have to raise their prices necessarily. But generally speaking, yeah. a couple, deg- a couple uh, credits short of my economics degree. <laughs> but generally speaking, raises for all workers uh, gets that gets reflected prices in the raises of up. prices. And we're already feeling the, like... A pinch of inflation. So more than a pinch, I'll tell you what. So what? Yeah. Do you? Is that? Let's. I'm going to push it. What would you do if it was? If you knew Target was treating their workers better than, say, Walmart? Okay. okay. Yeah. By prices, by benefits, uh, work environment, all of this stuff. But the prices at Walmart were generally ten to twenty percent cheaper than they were at Target. Would you? Would Aubrey go? You know what? But they treat them better there. I'm willing to support that store better. Or is it like, listen, inflation's inflation. I need to go to Amazon. I need to go to Walmart. I need to go to wherever. It's almost like I need to remove myself from Target because I'm too emotionally invested. <laughs> like, I'm like, I will never leave Target, even as you're talking about it right now. No, at the end of the day, I'm going to Aldi, Amazon, Costco, the dollar store. That's what makes this like, hard. I, and I love Target, but I, at the end of the day, I got to feed my family. You know what I mean? And other people have to feed their family, which is why it's great that Target is is uh, paying people more. But if it means I can no longer afford, you know, groceries and school supplies there, which already, I'm not going to lie, that's hard for many of us right now, then it's going to change the way that I, I shop for sure. For yeah. sure. I wish that I wish I could say I had different values than that but bottom line we all have to feed our families right and you know what there's every chance that target it sounds like a phenomenal place to work so there's every chance they're not going to raise other prices automatically but it yeah. does i'm i'm with you i would go especially with inflation in the budgets we all live on if the two products were the same and it's cheaper at one spot yeah. the deciding factor for me probably isn't on how people are being paid and treated and Maybe it should be, but I'm just saying it's not going to be. And that's why Amazon is killing a lot of people, too, right now in terms of other stores. And this is why we also don't shop at mom and pop stores and this kind of stuff, because ultimately this becomes a bottom line issue. Yeah. So somebody it's interesting. Somebody else said, call me crazy, but maybe people will shop at a store that has the goods they want at prices they can afford. Other people are saying uh, there's a I don't I don't know if this is actually connected to Twitter or to Target or not. I don't think so. It's called Ask Target. But they've both said this is not true. Target is not raising the minimum wage to 24 hours. I don't think those are actual sites, though. But so it'll be interesting to see if this actually happens and what the tipping point ends up being. That's, for I think there's a tipping point. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. Well. Well, what we've learned here in the first hour is the highlight of my day was William from Tinley Park. William, really we good appreciate words there. you. Thanks for calling. You can call us also 312-660-2594. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.